This is a podcast from Rover. G'day everyone, how are we getting on today? Coming up for you in just a moment, we're going to catch up uh, once again with Sam McIver, Beef and Lamb New Zealand Chief Executive. He has been visiting uh, Hawke's Bay farmers and uh, also people in the Gisborne area as well, following Cyclone Gabriel. And uh, basically what he's calling for is an urgent commitment to road repairs in particularly the isolated areas of the country at the moment. So we'll find out a bit more with Sam McIver. And as promised on yesterday's programme, we're going to have a catch up with Emma Paul, who was crowned the Waikato Bay of Plenty FMG Young Farmer of the Year regional winner over the weekend. Uh, she has now joined Mac Williams in the final. Uh, two of the seven have been decided so far. Northland, of course, postponed due to recent weather events. They will hold that one shortly, I'm sure. And uh, Emma Poole goes through. Waikato Bay of Plenty representative. Uh, her husband, uh, Chris Poole, was runner-up last year. And her brother, Tim Dangin, was the winner of the overall title, FMG Young Farmer of the Year. So she's got some pretty decent people in her camp to be able to get her ready for the grand final. That's all coming up between now and 12.30 here on Today FM. But first up on the programme today, Beef and Lamb New Zealand Chief Executive Sam McIver says the government must urgently commit to road repairs in isolated Hawke's Bay and Tainan. Rafferty Farming Communities. He joins us now. G'day, Sam. How are you? Good morning, Dominic. Oh, actually, afternoon. Afternoon, in fact. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, It might have um, sort of disappeared a little bit from mainstream media, but the uh, the troubles haven't lessened. No, and I can tell you it won't have disappeared uh, from the minds of our farmers in those isolated uh, communities. And certainly the key issue that they raised uh, as I met with them uh, last week and, and the week before, is that they're absolutely really concerned about um, access into their properties. And, and that's around that roading, uh, roading and, and bridging, and the ability in particular to get stock trucks in there, uh, trucks with a loader on the back, et cetera, et cetera. So this isn't about just getting your ute out and going to town. This is about how you shift stock in and out of these businesses, and you know we have any anywhere from a, probably a three to to six week window in in some areas at the outside. We absolutely we have to have this roading infrastructure and bridging infrastructure in place to be able to shift animals off farm. What did you see when you were around uh, those areas that you visited in terms of that uh, that damage to roading infrastructure and bridges, as you mentioned? Oh, well, I suppose there's a couple of things that really stand out um, in my mind. Um, the first is just particularly in that Tyrafferty area, but also in some areas in the Hawke's Bay as well, is just the amount of um, of slash that has come down their waterways, um, you know, often uh, built up behind bridges and in some cases caused the collapse of those bridges um, and other and other areas just uh, strewn across, um, you know, some of those highly fertile uh, Gisborne and Tolaga Bay uh, flats. And, you know, for some of those farmers, well, there there is a massive bill there. Talking to one farmer who had, who had done the, you know, the hard yards around calculations, $3,000 a hectare to try and resurrect that land. And that's talking about your fencing infrastructure, those... Uh, that slash lying up against gates, strewn across paddocks, um, and the silt as well. Um, you know, the second thing is just really that um, that power of the water and the movement of, of silt. You know, some people 
it's a shallow silt and they'll be able to get in there and manage it. Um, others, it's a very, very deep um, silt and, and you sort of go, how are we going to work our way um, through this one? And, you know, talking to one consultant in Gisborne, you know, his, his estimate was uh, perhaps 40% of that, that Gisborne uh, maize crop or Tyrafferty maize crop is at risk. Uh, maybe twenty percent of the sweet corn crop up there. So that is a that is a massive loss in terms of those farmers um, and income into the community, and obviously you know the processing and and support industries that go around that. Three thousand dollars a hectare. Um, yeah. That's extraordinary, isn't it? Really? You, yeah. 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 Do the multiplication there and make your mind boggle. Um, you visited um, uh, around Tolaga Bay, as you just said. What other um, areas did you manage to get into? I got into um, Otani in the Hawke's Bay, uh, Glengarry Road. I uh, went into Rissington. Uh, went to Ruatoria as well. Uh, so Ruatoria was obviously, um, you know, isolated up there. And that was this is a classic example of, um, you know, just the the generosity that's taking place. Uh, we were at Gisborne Airport and and we were waiting to get on Ruatoria Air, but uh, the pilot was late. We we had this guy wander over in the airport and he says, uh, "I've got a helicopter. Do you guys um, want to go anywhere?" And, wow. and so this this guy uh, gave us a free ride to to Ruatoria and back um, to meet with these farmers. And so that's you know that's what um, makes you feel good, uh, certainly about uh, community and New Zealand society where where people pull together and pull out the stops um, to support communities um, in need. I think the other the other key thing that really farmers emphasise is that. You know, whether it's from central government or local government, they absolutely need to know the timelines around when repairs are going to happen. Because, you know, farmers, uh, they need to know uh, what calendar dates they can hit themselves, um, what farm management things they can put in place. You know, if it's shifting stock off farm, when they'll be able to do that. And if it's not going to hit a critical date, what alternative measures they're going to take. So... Two things, absolutely, it needs to be fixed, but they need to know the timelines around this roading and infrastructure being fixed uh, with certainty. Now, we have spoken about this ministerial inquiry into um, the the slash, but um, I note that you've also been talking about the farmers that you met, Sam, uh, worried that it could happen again with the with the ETS and foreign investment settings allowing for large areas of our food producing land to be converted into uh, carbon price induced forestry. Yeah, and I think you know I, I did talk to a lot of farmers about that and. You know, one of the things that they emphasised that, um, you know, I think it was post-cyclone Bola, mm-hmm. um, you know, the government went hell for leather and, and planted um, a lot of these trees. Um, with with that planting, apparently there was uh, consents around harvesting, but um, just what they were particularly critical of is, uh, is the lack of policing around that harvesting technique and harvesting responsibilities and management, and so absolutely, um, they're concerned about now again uh, swathes of the countryside um, being planted. You know, what is what is the responsibilities that are placed on um, 
on those who plant the trees to, to make sure that they in, they manage those environmental uh, risks and, and impacts uh, for the future. So so farmers are, are really concerned about that. They've seen what it has done to you know bridging, roading, infrastructure of their farms, and absolutely they cannot and will not um, tolerate having a repeat of that. Now, you would have also uh, obviously spoken to farmers about the damage um, the you know that's occurred and the fact that it'll be long lasting and uh, people are still cut off and all these sorts of things. Um, the I guess the mental health aspect of of people that have been affected here as well. Um, you know, no doubt you would have come across people that are you know doing it uh, doing it tough. Most people will just be getting on and doing what they have to do, but uh, you know that will take a toll at some stage if it hasn't already. Yeah, I have to say, I mean, one of one of the um, you know one of the things that um, did impress me, and I guess this is this is one of the the things that we've changed, seen change in our agricultural communities over time, um, was a lot more openness about how people were feeling. Um, you know, in a, in a couple of the meetings, um, people openly um, said, "Listen, you know, I'm going through some pretty tough times at the moment," or Yep, shivers. We had a couple of rough days there. Actually, we're feeling a bit better now because of A, B, um, C, and D. But I think one of the key things, really, and, and this is what we've been endeavouring to do, you know, over the last couple of weeks, is um, getting farmers and communities uh, together, because um, you know sometimes that that problem shared is a problem halved. And and there was an instance last week where our, our Hawke's Bay team was meeting with a group of farmers. And, you know, talking about the issues and all of a sudden um, a couple of farmers had found a solution together, you know, working together to fix a problem that they both had. So the important thing, I think, and, and what we'll be emphasising as Beef and Lamb New Zealand is creating those opportunities where farmers can get together along with uh, those that, you know, you know, whether it's banks or accountants or insurance companies or technical people that can provide the expert um, advice into those farming communities for them to get on and um, you know take the next steps forward. But certainly, um, spending time together, uh, talking about things as community, sharing uh, those social occasions is going to be important, as well as making sure that that um, that that expertise is available to farmers. And and you know this, we've we've uh, put together a lot of resources over the years. Um, there are a lot of farmers that have been through this stuff before and, and are really uh, happy to reach out and, and help others. So that's going, really going to be the next step. How can we get people together? How can we share these issues and make sure farmers have the right expertise um, available to them? And that is important as well, that people keep going into those areas, as you say, face-to-face, in person, um, and just you know, sort of seeing what is going on, how can people help, because... You may not have seen a problem a week ago, but a week ago, but it might be there now. These sorts of things, and uh, the importance of actually still getting people, uh, you know, into these areas face to face. Yeah, and and one of the things uh, people talk about is adrenaline, right? Um, mm. is that there's a lot of people that'll be running on a, on adrenaline at the moment, um, but you know, there, there comes a point where um, that adrenaline works out uh, or, or runs out and, and, you know, they need to take stock again and think about what's the other support that I need around me? How can I make sure that I get that mental, mental and physical break? And, you know, the, the, the feds, the feds with their website, there, there is a, um, you know, there is a bunch of farmers and other people from throughout New Zealand uh, 
that are offering support or offering the you know the house or a change of location or whatever else just for people to get off farm for a couple of days have a refresh uh get their eyes on something else before they um head back into it very good sam mciver uh, chief executive of beef and lamb new zealand appreciate the update and uh listen we'll be in touch i'm sure over the coming weeks thank you dominic rex today on your tuesday emma paul up next